the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Silicon Valley Business Connections, brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, where diversity and opportunity are one. From education to employment, entrepreneurship to innovation, this program is your weekly connection to the latest trends and opportunities taking place all across Silicon Valley. Host Carl Davis Jr. talks to the rock stars of Silicon Valley and offers you engaging interviews and insights from local, regional, and internationally acclaimed business leaders, entrepreneurs, and community leaders to help you stay connected. Now, here's your host, Carl Davis Jr. Thank you. Welcome to Silicon Valley Business Connections. Hi, I'm Carl Davis Jr., I'm your host, but I'm also the president of the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, where we help all small business. And I said all small businesses. We help them start, finance, grow, and even exit their businesses. We're located at 25 North 14th Street, downtown San Jose. Or you can reach us via the web at blackchamber.com. I have a very, very special guest today. He's a pastor. I love him. And he's uh, just a man of God and a great businessman. I want everybody to be introduced to Pastor Paul Baines. How are you doing today, Paul? I am uh, blessed to the Lord, my friend, in spite of myself. (laughs) I love that when you said that. (laughs) That's wonderful. I feel the same way, Paul. You know, uh, uh, because I've known you so long, and we're going to dive right into that, but, but I want people to know, you know, who is Paul Baines? So tell us a little bit about yourself, Pastor Baines. Well, I'm a son of a pastor, so I'm a PK, and a mother who was a nurse over at Stanford for 30-plus years, um, and one of eight kids, uh, four boys, four girls, and I'm the last of the Mohegans. <laughs> and... Um, my father, who came from Texas um, with two quarters on his, on his pocket, got found two jobs the very day he rode the train here and uh, owned his own business and always taught every one of his kids, and each one has owned their own business. So he put the entrepreneurial blood in all eight of his kids. Um, I currently um, are co-managing uh, or co-founded, I should say, with my wife, Cheryl Baines, uh, a nonprofit called Project We Hope, which stands for We Help Other People Excel. Um, we had a family business called Baines Trucking, um, which was the largest employer in East Palo Alto, private employer in East Palo Alto. And then we also launched another business, uh, which um, was called Baines Facilities Management. And um, we worked with such companies as Hewlett Packard, Sony, Seagate, etc. Um, to uh, provide facility management services for uh, some of Silicon Valley's biggest uh, tech companies. Wow. How, how do you do that and pastor a church? Because you're an active pastor, right? I am. I am the senior pastor of St. Samuel Church, church that my father founded uh, over 54 years ago. Um, and 
any business or venture that you're in, you can be only as good as the people you surround yourself with. Mm. And because we have some great professionals in the business part and we have some great Christian leaders in the church part, it allows me to get done what I'm able to get done because they do believe in the vision and they help the vision come into fruition. Isn't it, isn't it amazing that, um, you know, when you look at the microcosm of some organizations that people don't see the uh, analogy that says, hey, here's a small business, here's an organization, a church, here's a nonprofit, a chamber, and we all have to sort of act like a small business. I mean, we have to move and be successful. And I always say we move at the speed of success. Tell us how the how the business of the church works or how are you able to do that? So people from the outside who have no idea of how a church really functions, can you share it, even if it's just from a high level, Paul? Um, yeah. I mean, we went from, I would say, Bain's Moving Services to Bain's Facilities Management. They both existed at the same time. They uh, It was about $9 million in revenue. Um, and then I kind of got tired of all the politics that was going on in the business world. This was in the early 2000s mm-hmm. and um, went full time, per se, into the ministry. Um, the bishop came down and appointed me as the pastor. And then out of that working in the church arena, and we have a small church. Um, it's not a large church, I would say. I'd like to say it's about not more than 30 uh, um Members, we may have like 70 attenders, but members are the ones that get their hands dirty and, and give up their time, talent, and treasure. Mm-hmm. And so we, we, we happen to um, have Project We Hope was born out of the church. Um, it's not a faith based organization per se, like mm-hmm. the church is, mm-hmm. um, but there are people of faith and not of faith that work in Project We Hope that do good work to help others um, get on that road to self-sufficiency. But now where's your church located? Where's your church located at? It's um, located at 1852 Bay Road, East Palo Alto, California. You know, that's the city that no one used to want to come to years ago. (laughs) Uh, It was like, uh, can anything good come out of Nazareth, uh, the Bible? (laughs) Can anything good come out of EPA? So we've been here all of our lives. My family, they actually named the street after our family called Bain Street. Wow. Our contribution to our community. Um, But we've been here since 1963. Um, so we're one of the oldest families in the community that has a church or a nonprofit or people, family members living in the community. Man, Pam, Paul, that is so, so wonderful, man. That's why you're so involved in so many things that's happening in East Palo Alto. Can you give us an idea of how East Palo Alto has changed and is changing? Oh, yeah. I mean, we've, we've seen the transformation come and, and you have to have a vision um, and faith. To me, if you want to see change come to anything, um, you know, we were here, obviously, in 1992, 93, where East Palo Alto was considered the murder capital of the United States per capita. Mm. And so um, in our, my rule book, either you're part of the solution or you're part of the problem. Um, like the Bible says, if you're lukewarm, he'll spew you out of his mind. He, well, he prefers you to be hot or cold. Mm. And my mindset is I prefer to be more solution driven than problem consumed when it comes to challenges and issues that 
we face in society, let alone in our local community. And to work with other faith leaders to get them to come out of their four walls uh, and to address the violence issue, um, that took a lot of work. Uh, but my model is um, none of us is as strong as all of us, and we can do more together than we can apart. So it was a collaborative approach to addressing the systemic issue of violence in a marginalized community. Man, that's really, man, that's a, that's powerful. You know, when I think of crime and violence, um, I'm glad you're working with so many, so many people that are got their hands dirty to get into and to do it. What do you think about when you think about the root cause of crime and violence? Is there any comment or something you want to say that's just from your heart? Well, we don't have enough time for for us to really drill down on that because it it it, it stems back to uh, the oppressive nature, particularly um, marginalized communities have faced, and and people of color have been on on the uh, end of that stick. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you're starting off behind, it, it, it's that much harder to catch up to even considered to be equal. Mm-hmm. So if it's if it's people of color or if it's women, um, you know, we're starting off in third place as opposed to starting off at the front line. So when violence comes and, and, and there's no jobs, uh, there's no job development in a community or the mm-hmm. community has been ostracized for so many years and neglected from, you know, the powers that be, whether it's state or federal or county, um, you're going to continually have those issues unless the people say, okay, enough is enough. We're going to stand up, pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps and, and not tolerate violence and not tolerate um, the lack of resources being poured into the community. And thank God, once we've done that, um, now resources have been poured in the community. Now this is now a destination city that mm. people want to come to. Um, so much so that I call it gentrification on steroids that's happening that's taking place. <laughs> well, you know, gentrification has been a bad word, but uh, I think you can flip it, huh, huh Paul? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, when they're building million-dollar homes right next to our homeless shelter that we run, um, that lets you know what time of day it is. You know, that's very important, and I want to talk a little bit about that on the other side after our break, um, because gentrification can look like a lot of different things. There's not just, you know, pushing people out. There's a way to very subtly, you know, change things, the the prices of housing, uh, the tech jobs that come into an area. And if you have tech jobs in an area where people aren't trained for those tech jobs, it becomes a little bit difficult to stay in that area. I think you would agree, huh? I would agree wholeheartedly, and that's why, you know, we've had to have conversations with Facebook and and Stanford, and um, um, and you know, I would say Facebook being the the biggest um, organization here locally, you know, that transferred from Palo Alto to um, Menlo Park. Um, at first, when they came in years ago, they weren't really the best neighbors they could be. Mm-hmm. But because um, the neighborhood and our fellow community members, they, were, they weren't going to tolerate all of this, that we end up having a, I, I say be angry to everybody, mm-hmm. but make sure you channel that anger um, uh, and be passionate, but passion unbridled can be dangerous. So we, we need to look at how can we have a better outcome 
by the use of that anger and not just attacking an organization, but working with that organization to see these are the problems that we feel you help contribute to. And these are the possible solutions that we feel you can help to get us out of that situation. So yeah. you're having more of a dialogue that is, is, is positive in nature and for the betterment of a community. You know, that's helping these big companies become better, what, corporate citizens themselves. And, and quite honestly, uh, I believe a few of them probably are very thankful for someone like you to do that. Paul, I want to I wanna take up some of that stuff on the second half. Paul, we're going to just pause right now. You're listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections. Join the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce and watch your business grow. Participate in mixers, webinars, and training workshops to help start, finance, and grow your business. All with the help of the Chamber's certified Small Business Development Center's consultants for free. That's right. Sign up for one-on-one help from a certified Small Business Development Expert Advisor for free. Call 408-288-8806 or visit blackchamber.com. That's blackchamber.com. And now, back to Silicon Valley Business Connections. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Business Connections. My guest today is a good friend of mine, Pastor Paul Baines, the pastor of St. Samuel's Church of God in Christ in East Palo Alto. Not only is he a pastor, he's a businessman, too, and he runs a ministry. So tell me a little bit more about this ministry. We spoke a little bit about it on the first half, Project We Hope. What does that stand for? Yeah, Project We Hope, the acronym stands for We Help Other People Excel. Uh, We don't pretty much care about your past. We just try to help you get on the right trajectory. We care about your future. And our primary focus is was violence prevention and homelessness and education, but really homelessness being our largest service offering, where we actually have won nonprofit of the year by the state of California. Uh, Senator Jerry Hill uh, had selected us, and that was uh, a very a very prestigious and um, um, uh, award that he did, and we were so honored to receive that. And some of the things he highlighted was our program, such as we have a jobs program to help the homeless um, <clears throat> get back on that road to self-sufficiency. Um, we offer classes, but some of the programs also are pretty recognized throughout the state of California. We started the first ever RV state parking program in the United States, and it's, it's through a partnership with our city of East Palo Alto and uh, the Chan Zucker, Zuckerberg Foundation. Uh, our initiative, I should say. And then we have our Dignity on Wheels program, which has gotten worldwide recognition, uh, where we have uh, probably about 20 countries um, seek us out to see how they can do this in their country. And what it is, it's a mobile hygiene uh, unit that provides showers and washers and dryers to dry their wash and dry uh, the clients' clothes, being the homeless and fam- homeless families and individual adults. Um, and also, we have case management on there, and we deploy this. We're right now we're in 3.5 counties and 14 cities, um, and we're connecting the people to services. We're not only make, uh, allowing them to be in a clean state, which helps change their thinking, that now they're more apt to go and search for that job. They're going willing to go to that mental health appointment. Um, 
but it, 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 it stops the ostracization of people and, and them looking down upon homeless because, you know, their clothes weren't the best or the hygiene wasn't the best. So, Man, that is, a, you know, that homeless situation has been around for a while, and, and, and I've just been a little bit frustrated that we haven't had some, quote-unquote, solution to it, right? I mean, you, you, you know, we live here in Silicon Valley, and these are supposed to be the problem solvers of the world, right? I mean, you send somebody to the moon, Paul, but you can't figure out a way to uh, take care of people who are out on the street. So I, I've been a little frustrated. So I'm, I'm very happy to hear that you've come up with some very, um, it seems like some really nice, well-thought-out programs to address some of the issues. And I know there's still more. So, you know, what else do you think that can be done for homelessness? Well, I, I, I talk about the elephant in the room when I go around the country and speak mm-hmm. and I talk about, okay, let's, let's, let's deal. Let's begin with the end in mind as in, in the words of Dr. Denny. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't resolve or solve homelessness unless you have ho- housing stock. And so until the policies and procedures of, of government will focus in on let's create more what I call Eli housing, extremely low income housing, and mm-hmm. not just affordable because affordable is relative who can afford it. If you're mm-hmm. making $250,000, okay, you can make me buy a studio, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we need to create higher density housing that's smart built right next to public transportation so you don't have to ha- own a car to be able to get to and from your home and your place of work. When we can do that, um, come together with public, private, and faith-based partnerships, mm-hmm. I think that will address the systemic, because we're, we're in a crisis here in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I'm hopeful and I'm faithful because we are going to be partnering uh, and doing a joint venture uh, with another organization, or two actually organizations, that I believe are on to something that is really going to put a major dent in the homeless arena of, by the type of housing they're able to create. And then this other partnership where we can actually create wealth generation um, and people can actually own their own home for less than $75,000. However, that does not include the land. Mm-hmm. So these are some groundbreaking things that um, CZI and, and um, uh, UHB um, and a couple other entities will be do. You'll hear about it uh, within the next year. Um, you'll hear about this year on mm-hmm. one of it. So. So I'm hopeful, but what's going to need to take place is greater partnerships mm-hmm. with the tech companies. Um, and there's there's room for the tech companies to be at the table because they help create this problem. So they should be there to help solve the problem. And I do know that companies like Google and Facebook, believe it or not, they do want to help. Mm-hmm. Um, we just recently have Whole Foods and Micron. They bought us a couple of new trucks that we're going to dispatch in the Oakland arena mm-hmm. and uh, deeper into San Jose. So there, there are companies out there that want to do something. And there's more service providers other than Project We Hope out there that's doing some very good work that would love to be able to partner with these companies. But you have to be vetted, you know, and it has to be a trusted source that does that. So you that's know- where I think. We can come together on. Yeah, that's very, very important because, um, you know, I, I heard you say that these companies really want to help. And uh, some it, of them. Yeah, because because, <laughs> Paul, you you and I know when somebody really wants to do something, they put resources there. 
They put Amen. brain power. They put dollars. You know, they bring their top folks in. And, and that, to me, I mean, I, I don't know. When I think about Silicon Valley, I cannot believe that the top CEOs in this area couldn't come together and put some of their top minds and say, look, go figure this out, even if it's in phases to where, you know, the first phase is, you know, we use the housing that we have and we, you know, bring people in there. And then we have social services and we have doctors who graduate from Stanford and they go and do their internship at the homeless location where they're at or whatever. We have public transportation, whatever it is. It just baffles me. So I'm I'm glad and I'm I'm hopeful in hearing you now. So I have been a little frustrated with that. So and 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 we should be. Everybody should be frustrated until we resolve the issue. Because otherwise, what they say it's the squeaky wheel that gets the oil, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I I think there are some real great opportunities, and I believe the faith-based community also plays a central role, a very significant, pivotal role in this, because Mm -hmm. if you look at any community, there are faith-based lands, whether it's a mosque, a temple, or a church, and so because we have trusted sources Mm -hmm. um, throughout the Bay Area, and we Mm -hmm. have this network of faith leaders that Mm -hmm. I know I'm involved with, um, one of these organizations is called Transforming the Bay for Christ, TBC. CEO Pat Gelsinger is is one of the founding members of it, and Nancy Orberg is the CEO of it. And they are looking to do some great things at serving marginalized and underserved communities. So I think there's this intersectionality between, you know, these tech companies, these biotech companies, the faith-based community, and city government, you know, city and county government where we can all merge on and really address and put a major dent in this housing crisis. Because it, it is shameful that the most innovative place, like you said, is not being as innovative in addressing this issue of homelessness in the Bay Area housing crisis. Man, that is, uh, that's so well said, Paul. I always think of it as a three P's, the public, private, and philanthropic partnership. If we can get them together, there'll be the resources and the people that can get it done. Man, Paul, before we go, I mean, I, I, I've loved some of this. I, I want to kind of bridge to something about faith in business, because when people hear about faith, you know, a lot of times they just think it's just religious or spiritual. You and I know when you're in business, you better have faith in your business. Can you speak a little bit to that and address it to the point where somebody who's young is listening to our show, that they would sort of get your advice on how to have faith in your business? Well, I would say you have to start off with a vision, um, you know, dream, dream big, and and then, you know, put some time in at, at researching your dream. If you don't have a vision, uh, like the Bible says, then the people will perish. Um, the people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And sometimes, and particularly with people of color, and I, I have to say this, mm-hmm. the old saying is you want to hide something from a person of color, put it in a book, mm-hmm. because we don't read enough. And, and sometimes because we haven't, there hasn't been that model out there for us to read because we're trying to survive of just, you know, paying, keeping the lights on and the doors open, um, and food on the table or gas in the car. And a little, a lot of times the kids are left to take care of the adult responsibilities because there's no adult in the home. But if I'm a young person, write a vision out of what you feel is being spoken into your spirit 
And then from that vision, you start to talk to people and ask them for advice. Don't ask them for money. Don't ask them for resources. Just ask them for advice. And then there are people out there that will come and come around you. I believe God will order their footsteps to come around you Mm. and help to let that vision come into fruition, help that vision come into fruition. Um, You know, I'm always trying to uh, deposit my little bit of wisdom and knowledge into others. Mm. I don't care who they are, if they have a dream and they're serious about it, and then they come back again and they've taken that advice, and I say, okay, this person's serious. Let's pour a little bit more into them. (laughs) Um, Because, you know, you only have so much bandwidth, and you got to you want to invest it wisely as much as possible. Well, that's why I want to ask you this, Paul, before we leave, how can people get in touch with you? We got about 30 seconds. Can you tell us Um, how would people get in touch with you? Projectwehope.org is our website. Mm -hmm. And our number here is 650-779-5049. Excuse me. 650-779-5045, not 49. 49 is my assistant. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Paul. We've had a wonderful show with you. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections with Carl Davis Jr. and brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce. More information about today's show is available by going to the Chamber's website, blackchamber.com. That's blackchamber.com. Or call 408-288-8806. That's 408-288-8806. Copies of our podcast are available online at blackchamber.com. If you would like to know more about a specific guest or make recommendations for upcoming guests and topics, email info at blackchamber.com. Keeping you connected, Silicon Valley Business Connections. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.